0: Today's episode is all about the importance of restarting. In fact, I'm convinced that restarting, or the ability to restart, actually restarting is the key to long-term success. This idea came to me in a very profound way in a podcast moment. I remember exactly where I was in my car, driving down the street, and listening to a particular episode by Michael Hyatt. So in this episode about discipline and setting goals was a really, really valuable section on the importance of restarting that's always stuck with me. So here's the clip that I thought was so
1: profound from it. But if you get off track, don't beat yourself up. Sometimes it's, you know, three steps forward, two steps back. Like me, for example, the fact that I haven't exercised now in a couple of weeks because of this bronchitis uh, challenge that I've been facing, you know, it's fine. You know, I'm going to get up and I'm going to get over this and I'm going to be exercising and I'll be out there next week hitting it uh, hard. And, you know, that happens to me a couple times a year. I get knocked off my game. Something sets me back. And I think that nothing is more important than consistently restarting. You know, that's, that's really the measure of success, not the fact that you start and you have sort of this linear progression towards a goal and achieve it without any setbacks. That almost uh, never happens to anybody that, that sets out to accomplish something big. It's just part of the process that you're going to encounter adversity. And why? Because at the end of the day, it's really not about what you accomplish, but it's what you are becoming. And it takes adversity to shape our character. I think this applies to any area of life.
0: Exercise, projects, uh, relationships. At some point, just because we're human and the way that the world that we live in works, things aren't going to go well. Things are going to stop. Things are going to get off track. Things are not going to go as you planned. Which, if you've listened to any of my other stuff on planning, I to have a very mixed perspective on the importance of planning. Anyway, so today I want to talk about restarting its value and how to go about doing it. One of the biggest hurdles that I've seen around restarting is that negative energy and self-talk around how hard it's going to be. How hard it's going to start. How hard it's going to be to exercise again, how painful it's going to be to try to run around the block, how painful it is to start that, uh, those set of body work, body weight exercises again, how much it's, how much, how sore I'm going to be after that workout is over, how much mental, you know, anguish and toil it's going to take. And it's easy to get stuck in that loop around how hard it's going to be, how it's not going to be worth it, how just essentially starting again is just going to be more pain than is worth it. But what I've come to see over and over and over again is that taking that first action and actually restarting is where the success all starts to happen again. I think the other mental perspective that comes into play here is thinking that things should work flawlessly all the time, that there should be some way to optimize life so that things never get off track, things never go wrong, and if we just you know plan and optimize for the right situation, things can turn out perfectly. I think in some situations, in some contexts, the chances and possibilities of doing that are higher than others. But I think an important mental mindset to get into here is that it's normal for things to get off track. It's not abnormal. There was a example that Tony Robbins gives in one of his really, really old programs. Whether this is true or not, I don't know, but it sure makes for a great example. But it was, he he, he was sharing the notion that when a, a commercial airline is flying from, say, uh, one side of the United States to the other, that a good like, majority percentage of the time the plane is off course. And so it's constantly, you could say, restarting, recalibrating, getting back on, tr- back on course. And the, the pilot doesn't get in trouble because he's off course. He is actually you know, ensuring an on-time arrival by constantly getting back on course. And that's part of his job. So, you know, this comes up for me in in terms of the ebbs and flows of everyday life, uh, competing priorities. Whether it be uh, podcasting, coaching, day job. Well, I don't know if the day job is is on hold for a little bit here, so um, that competing priority has been set aside. Uh, but then there's family priorities, and within family, there's you know all kinds of different things. Whether it's relationships, whether it's you know something in the house needs to be fixed, whether it's a car that's broken. Uh, you just never know or travel, you know, whether it's travel for work, whether it's travel for fun, uh, you know, that can kind of upset the normal flow and routine of things. And so this all comes back to, again, restarting and how I found some good ways to go about doing that. The first one, which is kind of counterintuitive, is to allow some time to thrash, to do whatever, to not be uh, massively successful. So a good example of this is the other day, I got up early. I mean, I intention. I said, okay, I have got to restart. I've got to get back on track with what the things that I'm working on. So I set an alarm to make sure that I wake up early. I got up at five thirty or so, and I was in my co-working space at six a.m. Nobody usually gets to the co-work space until 8.30 or 9, earliest day 8, so I knew I had two solid hours to really get stuff done. Well, I got there, and I just didn't really get any traction with anything, and I made that okay. I uh, goofed around with my email, I deleted a bunch of stuff, I listened to some music, I did a little reading, I drank some coffee... And cleaned up my to do list and my trello board, and it as long as it's like puttering around, but I was just sitting at my desk just kind of doing a variety of different I think I got a podcast episode or two going that needed some love, and anyway, this just kind of letting things just kind of take their course, but going to it going to a new place, a separate place um And then just having this block of time where I could just kind of work on anything really helped me to get centered. You can't do this if there's absolutely no breathing room in your schedule. And so if you don't have it, try to figure out a way to create some. If you have a to-do list or a Trello board or however you manage kind of the big picture of all the things that you have going on, one approach I like to take there is to try to pull out the top four or five most important things. Uh, Maybe it's the most important things that you want to do that day. Or it could be, you know, what are the top two or three themes or projects or initiatives or whatever that are going on right now? What are those things? And then once identifying those things, going deeper into each of them to see what's one or two things that I could do to push things forward. What's key about this one I found, especially when you're restarting, you're just trying to get back on track, is pick something easy. That's the easiest thing you could do to get the flywheel turning, to get some momentum again and start moving down the tracks. Sometimes, this, this came up for me, actually. I was using, there's a, another planner that I use occasionally. It is called the Productivity Planner. I know, very profound. It's from the people at Intelligent Design Or no, I'm sorry, Intelligent Change. They also have the five-minute journal, which I've played around with with great success. Anyway, this productivity planner challenges you to pick the three most important things for the day and then to start on the most important one and work on it until it's done before moving on to the second and the third. Sometimes I've done this, sometimes I haven't. Like I said with a lot of the productivity stuff I do, I tend to stick with systems for a period of time and then move on to something else. Anyway, what came up with this system on this particular day when I said, what is the most important thing? I realized it was my office. And so I spent an entire day on company time cleaning my office because I wasn't operating at my full capacity and potential because I was weighed down by all the random things in my office, whether it was clutter on my desk, things sitting on the floor behind me that I wasn't looking at, but that were just there, that were taking up space. And so... I cannot tell you how much better I felt at the end of the day and then the rest of the week having spent this whole day on this, quote, waste of time activity, which was cleaning my office. Sometimes cleaning your physical space can be a definite great step in terms of restarting. Another way to start is to start. Stealing that from Jocko. Uh, author of Extreme Ownership, uh, people often ask him how to have more discipline, and he says, "Well, just be disciplined. Just do it." So, <laughs> so the the idea I have here is just start. So yesterday is a perfect example. I've been a little bit off in my uh, podcast recording game. I had some, I had a rough mind map of what I wanted to talk about. I wasn't sure how much time I had. I got up early before everyone at my house was awake. I didn't know how much time I was going to have. And I just, I just went with it. I still don't. It was a great learning a great learning on a great accidental learning, I guess you could say. Which was, I just started recording. And I fumbled the first few times. I think I recorded for five minutes or so. I threw the recording away. I started again. And then I got on a roll. And then it turned out that people woke up much later than I thought. And I was able to record a whole episode. No, I I think that I recorded two full episodes. So just start. Even if you don't have all the time that you need, there's something about starting. And again, it all, the idea here is just start. It's starting. It's building momentum. It's taking that first step. Another approach is challenges. So I've done different things here, whether it be, uh, say, a... Uh, a seven-day exercise challenge. I would not make these challenges too long. I talk to people all the time. They're like, I'm going to do a six-month challenge around... Uh, I'm making some... Up. I'm going to do a six-month challenge around eating well every single day. Mm, good luck with that. So, you know, it'll probably work well for the first three or four days. By the end of the first week, you'll miss a day. And by the end of the month, you probably have given up. So I like to break these things into much shorter sprints, per se, stealing from agile software development. Shorter iterations, some type of success at each one, make some tweaks, iterate again. So a seven-day exercise challenge. So I I think one time I I said, okay, I'm going to walk 10,000 steps every day, which for me meant I had to get up early, I had to walk, I had to walk a little at lunch, a little bit more in the afternoon, and then I was, I'd met my goal, sometimes after dinner. Um, and so that's a way to kind of get a burst of progress, momentum, get things going. I'm playing around with this idea with podcasting too, which is uh, originally I had written this down as maybe a 30-day challenge. So record 30 episodes in 30 days. And then taking some of the advice I just shared a little bit ago, I think we might be changing that to 15 episodes in 15 days, or maybe 15 episodes in 30 days, which is still a lot. And if I do it, it will help me build momentum around being more consistent with producing material and publishing it. A challenge like that also has multiple wins. Uh, One, kind of like the exercise, it gets you back into a groove. So you're building that habit and that routine back into your life. Two, with the podcast, I need to find ways to make this operation a little more efficient. The process of, and my process is usually I get an idea from reading a book or talking to someone or I mix two or three different ideas together and I have a new epiphany. And it's usually a mind map. I'll just create a quick mind map as I have thoughts, fill it in, then I'll talk to it, then I'll edit it, then I'll publish it. But that process is taking too long. It needs to be shorter to consistently create material on a regular basis. Part of doing this challenge will be, okay, if I'm doing this very free, if I'm doing this every day or every other day or something like that, I'm going to see patterns because I'm just going to be doing it over and over and over and over. and that's how I got really good at podcast editing. You edit three or four hundred episodes and you start to see where you can speed things up. So yeah, part of that will be refining my workflow. The other advantage of doing this challenge will be I need content. So if I can't think of the content myself, that means I'm going to be more encouraged to uh, make bold requests of people to come talk to me. Some of them I know, maybe some I don't know that well. Some of them I know, but I don't think they're going to do it, but I'm going to take the risk anyway. So a challenge... A specific challenge for a specific amount of time can be another way to restart, to get things going again. So I wish there was, you know, some magic formula here, but it really does just come back to doing it. Start easy, make it simple, uh, go to a different location, and, you know, it really does just come down (laughs) down to doing it. Uh, And yeah, another, well, I guess, a, a last thought on this, too, is asking yourself, what could I build into my challenge to make sure that it happens? Like, what, are the, what can I do to give this the hugest chance of success and almost maybe a forcing function that will make it happen? So if it's exercise, maybe if you like working out with other people, it's that you're going to meet your buddy at the gym. So, now you have an obligation to another person. some people that's their own motivator, for others, it's not. but if it is for you, there's the motivator. you gotta be at the gym by six a m because your buddy's gonna be there, and you're gonna feel like a loser if you don't meet your buddy because you said that you would uh It could be a public commitment with a some negative consequences uh a negative reward so uh the easiest path. To come up with this here is you think of a charity or a political organization, a political party, a political leader, I'll leave it to your imagination, that you utterly despise. Utterly despise. They just disgust you to no end. You could not be more opposed to what they stand for, etc. And so you make a public pledge, or to someone that you trust, that you will donate a large sum of money to that person or that cause if you don't make good on your commitment. That can be a real motivator too. I did one, no, oh, I don't know a long time ago. And uh, I was doing a 30-day blogging challenge where I had to publish a blog post every single day. And because I had made this commitment, there was no way that I was going to fail. I al- I think I was always publishing at least 24 hours in advance. I made sure that I had extra material and there was just no possible way that I was going to fail because I was absolutely not going to give money to this person. That's another way to back into it and to uh, put some skin in the game and make sure it happens. So to bring this full circle, stuff's going to happen. Things aren't going to go according to plan. No matter how great our plans are, no matter how well we think we plan for it, and no matter how well we think we've accounted for all the contingencies, eventually something's going to go wrong. So make a commitment now. That when something does, you'll take a break, you'll take a look at what went wrong, you'll lick your wounds, and then you'll get back up, and you'll restart. If you'd like to go deeper on any of the things discussed in this episode, drop me a line, podcast at johnpolster.com. We can explore it further, talk about different ways we might want to work together, or just have an interesting conversation. So let me know. Thanks for listening to The John Polster Show. Notes, links, and all that other good stuff for this episode are at johnpolster.com slash podcast. If you have questions or ideas around the podcast, send those to podcast at johnpolster.com.